Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off. And no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. Second and nine for Jared Goff. The line. Three five. That's going to throw it. It's caught by St. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right, on Fox, Mike Tirico on NBC. The calls are two of the most high-leverage plays in yesterday's games. The Darnell Savage pick six before halftime to put the Packers up 27-0. And the, uh, the, the, the game-winning conversion on second down after the two-minute warning from Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, a lot of credit to Dan Campbell and offensive coordinator Ben Johnson for not running on second down, for calling and that Goff. play, and, and and Goff for making the throw. And, and it did kind of feel like McVay, and obviously McVay's like timeout usage is always horrendous. It's kind of like always mm-hmm. been his deal. But it kind of felt like McVay was putting all his eggs in the, I don't think Goff can make this throw when it comes down to it, like to win the game. Sure. And and Goff did make the throw, to be fair, to Ross St. Brown to win the game. And look, like, Goff probably got outplayed by Stafford. There's nothing wrong with that. Stafford's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I think you can also say that Jared Goff played well enough to win yesterday's game, and the Lions did win. First playoff win in over 30 years for Detroit, and they will host a game in divisional weekend next week and obviously be favored against either the Philadelphia Eagles or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Next segment on the show, 20 minutes from now, we'll give you all our bets, side total and props for the Bills and the Steelers. Kick off there from snowy western New York for 4.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll roll through the spreads uh, next weekend. Divisional round. Great guest going to join us. Power hour, final hour. All our bets for tonight, including the Bucks and the Eagles. But we continue to dissect Ken the result yesterday with the Packers and the Cowboys. We'll get to the Lions and the Rams coming up in a moment. Anything else betting wise here from Green Bay taking down Dallas? We can get into some actual like football-y conversations uh, before we move on to the Lions and the Rams. Yeah, just uh, one other thing that stands out. I think is this trend coming into the weekend of the first-time starter and uh, and first-time starter struggling in their first start in the playoffs. And we were going to have four quarterbacks that fit that description. And I think this is, it's like another example of, I think it's really valuable to know stuff like that, to know that first-time starters have played poorly, to know how to kind of cross-section them. We're like, well, actually that exact type of starter, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, the type of starter like Mason Rudolph in an hour tends to get avalanched in the games that they play. But like, it's not apples to apples across the board. Like, look at the four quarterbacks that are making first time starts and how different they are, right? Like, Stroud is a rookie and maybe about to become like one of the faces of the league in the next five to eight years. Uh, Tua has been sort of like a great statistical quarterback for a couple of years in a great offense, was playing in negative 30 degree weather. And then you have Love yesterday sat behind a quarterback for a long time and was in a game with like a really high total against a defense that I think we had questions about. And then Rudolph, who I think is clearly in, well, I guess Tua was in a really bad situation too, but like Rudolph's really up against it here because now the, the weather isn't going to be perfect, but it's going to at least be football. And uh, and the Bills are really, really tough at home. And I think it's really unlikely that they win that game. They can win, just it's really unlikely. And so it's like, well, do we, would we ever put all four of these under the same umbrella normally and just blind bet oppo all four? Like, I like to know this stuff, but also I think what we saw is with Stroud, especially on Saturday, and with Love yesterday, just something that works in the playoffs. And I think people have heard me talk about this a lot before when you're looking at teams that can make a deep run. We talked about this with the Rams, to be fair. Uh, teams that can make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, every team that's won the Super Bowl historically with basically no, no uh, outlier 
can you generate explosive pass plays down the field with consistency? And is that like one of the strengths of your team is the ability to do that. And the reason why first time starters probably don't play very well normally is they probably suck at that normally. They're probably not very good at generating explosive pass plays down the field because they're either really young or they're an injury replacement or they're whatever. So it's not a strength, but with Stroud and Love, who were both making their first time playoff starts, pretty obvious that's a big strength for both of those teams the texans offense is able to create that's their best thing they're actually bad at everything else and they're really good at that at generating explosive pass plays down the field and then what you've seen from the packers offense like stroud it was kind of the whole year you saw it from them it was so consistent as long as he played they were able to do it with jordan love it's been much more recent get the get some of the receivers back healthy more familiarity with the offense the last six seven weeks one of the best passing attacks in the entire league and that came through yesterday too so these two quarterbacks and i think it'll be interesting when we talk about both of their next opponents both very very likely one we know and one we don't yet but both very likely to go to the one seeds in those games i think a lot of people will look at those two games and be like how like not you know niners going to be about 10 ravens going to be a huge number against houston oh like maybe they'll be competitive it is just worth noting, like, the quarterback of the dog in both those games has a propensity to do the thing that generally predicts playoff success, which is generating explosive pass plays down the field, and especially in the Houston-Baltimore case, is going against a team that, like, does do that, and they're really good at it, but you're just, like, I think a little skeptical that it's consistent and that it can happen all the time and that the quarterback can do it in a big spot with Baltimore. So I think it actually it takes two games that are blowouts on paper and it at least makes them a little interesting, like these first-time playoff starting quarterbacks, but they're so much more than that. They're so much different. And their offense is like, you want to know how those upsets happen? Can you create explosive pass plays down the field? Rams almost had one yesterday doing the same thing. And do you have like a mentally weak team on the other side? And that's not sure. even a necess- that's not really, really a shot at the Cleveland Browns. So I think just kind of got like the well, that's why you win by a billion. That's how you win by a billion. Not even win the game. That's how you win by <laughs> seven touchdowns or whatever it ended up being. But you know, I uh, I I kind of like stole something that you said. Um, I think you said it last week on the show, and I and I said it on Twitter yesterday. And you're 100 percent right about it. That um, and especially given the results of this weekend, uh, it was the last game on Saturday, and then the first game on Sunday. The the Dolphins and the Cowboys really turned out to be like the Spider-Man meme in each conference kind of pointing at each other. Now, like Miami loses in week 18 and doesn't win the division. Dallas wins in week 18 to win their division. Dallas gets the two as a result. Miami drops down to the six. So not exactly the same, like not totally apples to apples, but it did kind of feel like you were like you were watching the Miami Dolphins again. And I, and I said this on social media, at least the Dolphins kind of had the excuse of, hey, it's minus 500 degrees outside, and we just would really like to like go inside and be warm. And a lot of, and, yeah. and, and a lot of injuries, too. Like, what's, what's the Cowboys' excuse? What, yeah. What's Dallas's excuse? Uh, other than they're like, we're not prepared to play, and the coach is going to get fired, and I— I, I'm reticent to kind of say things like this because things can always turn around. People said Peyton Manning could never win, and then he won. People have said that about lots of quarterbacks in the past, and then they sure. win. Kind of feels like Dak Prescott's never going to win, right? And this is not me saying he's never going to win. Um, I think I'd probably bet against it, though, and I think I'll get the opportunity to do it in the future. Just kind of felt like that was a... It's as bad as it gets, really. It really is as bad as it gets, and surprising a result. We do Lions-Rams in a second, but just like a, a Cowboys post-mortem heading into next year where, like, let's let's say Belichick's the coach. Going to have a high win total. Team's going to be really good. And, like, kind of like, then what happens? It's going to be the same quarterback next year. 
just with a different head coach, and then how do you feel about them? So a lot can, I, I think, to be determined and figured out with the Cowboys heading into next year. Yeah, I mean, if if and when they fire McCarthy and hire Belichick, like, we'll have more of that conversation. Cause or Vrabel or more, whomever. There's a lot more attached to that because, like, then you need a new play caller, too. Like, who's your offensive coordinator? And then you figure, like, Belichick and his son probably coordinate the defense instead of Quinn. Like, that would probably be the idea. But then you need, who's your offensive guy? Like, McCarthy was the play caller this year. That Kellen Moore with the Chargers. Was, was Matt with Patricia the Chargers. getting fired? Well, we have a, we have a chance, by the way. <laughs> If we want to, if we want to do lions, if we want to do lions, uh, lions Rams, we got a chance at the Matt Patricia revenge game next week. If the Eagles win and go to Detroit, Matt Patricia here, sticking to them for yes. ruining their franchise for three years. Here, 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 here's my prediction for how that will go. Uh, maybe the Eagles win the game, but it will not be because sure. Matt Patricia's defense slows down the Lions' offense. That would be my guess as to how it would go. You would certainly figure with AJ Brown back to uh, the total in that game, like almost can't be high enough with the Lions and the Eagles if the if the Eagles get by Tampa tonight, which is a big if because uh, they're really beat up right now. Yeah, I just it, it's the Cowboys thing, the post mortem that you mentioned when they hire a coach, like I think it's an awesome conversation. They'll have a high win total. Uh, yeah, in the playoffs, you know, it'll just be when we get to the playoffs next year, and they're you know they're probably gonna have a big record again. They have so many players. Uh, Trevon Diggs will obviously be back next year too from his injury. Like, do you? You know, they're going to be favored home, maybe against somebody. Would you bet them if you knew it was Belichick instead? Is it a problem with the quarterback? What What is it? We don't really know the answer to that, but it's kind of interesting to think about what you do with Dallas going forward. And then I'll just, I'll throw this in too, uh, with Miami losing and Dallas losing, and Cleveland losing, the sort of hierarchy of teams that we did entering the playoffs in terms of like who makes the most sense to win the Super Bowl, it didn't get a lot clearer, I'll say. I would say like the middle, the teams that I was really kind of not big on, a lot of them are out. <laughs> like if there's a lot clearer, there's like a top tier where it's like these are the teams I think are going to win and then there's everybody else. That's like kind of what it feels like right now where like San Francisco didn't play this weekend. They're obviously at the top. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City in that next year both you know, one has survived already. The other's a 10-point favorite in an hour. They're on a collision course in the divisional round where one one will advance and you figure San Francisco is very likely to win two. And then, I, you know, I, I nothing has changed. Baltimore didn't play. I think I'm going to be against them, at least as a winner. It doesn't mean they can't win a couple games. And then you have, I think, this massive gap and then and then everybody else. And it's, you know, but that, I'll just, and I'll, and I'll add another thing because I said this last week too. That doesn't mean we can't have a surprise conference champion championship game participant i think there's actually a really strong possibility that things get really crazy on and maybe it's on both sides but we'll kind of see how it goes just with the quality of the quarterbacking of these of these like outright upsets that happen it does feel like there can be some consistency week to week with this happening like it isn't the first time the packers had explosive pass plays this season it's been happening for seven weeks it isn't the first time stroud did this so it can happen again next week, and you could get something kind of wacky. I played around with some of the bracket stuff just to be like, and we're one upset away from, just to give you an example, we're like one upset away from the Lions hosting the Packers with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, which is pretty crazy. Um, you know, what the would that kind spread of be? In their way. Well, if the Packers beat the Niners to get to the game. like Lions three? Lions three, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, man. Like, I, if it was Lions three, I, I mean, Green Bay, Li- like three. yeah, Lions, Lions less than three. You're 100 percent right. And so, which would be pretty nuts. And then I think Baltimore is going to beat Houston. I think it's just by how much. I think Stroud will give a good accounting of himself. But you know, like you can play around with some with some matchups there too, where it's like, 
are Stroud and Love just playing at such a high level, right? And I, it's not it's not about being prisoner of the moment because if the moment's been two months for these guys, it's not about being prisoner of the moment. Love's are been the best actually... quarterback in the league over the last nine games. Stroud maybe was the best quarterback in the league this year. He just missed games. Is it? Are they really so good so early? that they can actually make a Super Bowl, make a conference championship game, and, and cause things to get really crazy. It's, I didn't think this would be the subplot of the playoffs. It's quickly becoming that, and I think it makes this playoff so much more interesting. I, and like having this conversation, candidly, makes me really mad that I didn't bet the Texans or the Packers this weekend. Just like, what What the hell well, am Texans I thinking? Both, both those teams are exploding. I mean, you said Love was the best quarterback the last two months. Great, then Flacco was second. I mean, it's not it's there's it's not like the Browns were playing like the Tennessee Titans run heavy offense or something like there was the thing was both teams had a propensity to do the thing that we like the most in the playoffs. This was like Lions Rams last night. Both teams really good at it. And just the spread was three. And I like the Rams a little more. I didn't even know if they were going to win. I just liked the three. And boy, that proved to be prescient. Um, so I, I don't I don't blame anybody for betting Cleveland in the game. Both both teams had that exact strength. It was just. Stroud in that game specifically, like Stroud made the throws and Flacco didn't. He threw two pick sixes. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe Dallas minus seven wasn't wasn't my most inspired work. But what can you do? What can you do? The over. I think. Yeah, I think it was just. It was. I didn't. I wish, I, will... I wish I parlayed the Packers in the over, but just plus the points, not to win the game. Just because, like, there was a strong correlation there. Dallas was always going to get to the finish line with some amount of points that was pretty good. Um, that's like a missed opportunity probably, but uh, I had the teaser leg and it was like kind of weird to do that parlay too. And I ended up having to root for Dallas to win. And that lasted all of about 45 minutes. And I, uh, I did end up betting the overall. So, which, which turned, which turned out well, but Cobbsy could have sure. been better. You know, if I, well, if I, if I didn't bet Dallas. I went out for the over in the other game too, by the way. <sighs> I mean, just 38 uh, points at halftime and the game goes under. 38 at halftime total closes 53, something like that. And, and you're, it's funny because, like, I guess it's a bad beat because you were just, you were in such good shape at halftime. Second half total in the game was 27. So the market projected it to go way over the total by two touchdowns. And it was funny, like, it was a bad beat, I guess. And yet, like, at no point during the second half was I like, well, this is going to fly over the total. Like, this is just the style of game that ended up happening in the second half. Both teams making good adjustments. Stafford clearly playing with multiple injuries the entire game. Um, just turned into a different kind of game. And credit to the, with the Rams' defense, too. Got absolutely mauled in the first, like, quarter, two quarters of the game and ended up, like, making a couple really big plays. And you feel like, and, like, compare and contrast, like, what happened with Dan Quinn's defense versus what Raheem Morris was able to do? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel totally. like, I, I feel like... I feel like what we saw this weekend, like with Slowick and like Ben Johnson was going to get a job anyway. I feel like maybe solidified some guys who are going to be head coaches next year in the uh, in the in the National Football League. Uh, see, it's the Dallas game, super annoying. Um, credit to Matt Lafleur, by the way, winning the opening toss and and receiving, knowing that Dallas was a front running team, go up seven nothing, take the crowd out of the game completely, and then just kind of not that that's the yeah. sole reason they won, the but uh, either pants. Yeah, I mean, I just it's just, really. I'm sure they might have even said that exact term. Like, honestly, like that's, it made perfect sense. And I'm never a pro receive the, like, who would ever be pro receiving the, the, the kickoff. And yet like they did it. And then they got the absolute perfect first drive to set up the whole game. Yeah, it's, it's, a ter- it's a terrible, terrible game from Dallas Cowboys quarterback to Tonga Vailoa. He was brutal. <laughs> On the other side, we'll talk about the Lions and the Rams, an instant classic in the wild card rounds. And we'll give you our best bets for the Bills and the Steelers at 430. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. 
on the BetQL Network.